Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning. My name is Craig, and I'm the senior pastor here, and it is our privilege and joy to have you with us this morning as we've gathered uh, together to worship. I, um, I, I was looking around, and, and uh, uh, pr- pretty, pretty neat thing. Um, of course, the kids leave, and we have some space that opens up, but uh, we've added 70 chairs in here since Christmas so um, pretty, pretty cool just to see the place filling up. So uh, do me a favor, continue to invite people to church. Uh, we have a responsibility to invite people to, to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and I hope that you will uh, be actively sharing your faith. But even if that seems like a step that's just too hard for you to, to, to do this week or, or this month, um, if you'll invite somebody to come with you, they might just show up, and I'll make you a promise that if you'll invite them to come, we will make sure that they hear the gospel while they're here. So uh, uh, thank you so much for being with us. If you're a guest, thank you again. Hopefully you filled out a, 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 pack, a, a connection card as you came in. We're going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 10. As you're turning, just a few things. This afternoon we do have a Next Steps class. Um, if you're visiting with us for the first time or the fifth time or the hundredth time and you've got some interest in what it would be like to be a member at Malvern Hill, I would love to have you with us in that class. We'll meet in the classroom right behind that door this afternoon at 4 o'clock. So I would love... Uh, to have you in there. Next Sunday, um, we are having baptism. We also have child dedication, uh, parent-child dedication next Sunday. Uh, I, just to be honest, we've not had any parents to contact us and say they want to have their, their family dedicated. That's okay. But if I don't hear something by tomorrow, uh, and, and I need to hear it in email or a phone call to the office, don't tell me on your way out the door this morning because that's a recipe for disaster. I will mess up and forget, okay? So call the office tomorrow and let us know. Um, but if we don't, then we will just schedule that for another time. All right, hopefully by now you've made it to Mark chapter 10. We're going to be in uh, verses 46 through 52. For those of you that do our sermon-driven discipleship in your life groups, um, the ones of you that get called on to read next week are going to be grateful because for the first time in quite a number of weeks, we're going to finally have a few verses to read, and it won't be quite so daunting. So for those of you that have been trying to build up the courage to read the Scripture in life group, listen, this is, next week's the week to do it. All right, Go ahead and text your life group leader right now. I'll give you permission to send a text during worship. Text your life group leader says, I want to do it next week because you can, you can practice these verses at home and, uh, and be ready to read them. All right, stand with me in honor of God's word. Here now, for this is the word of the Lord. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, and a great crowd um, with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. On the way where? On the way to Jerusalem where Jesus was going to die. Let's pray. Father, I pray that these words would speak to us this morning. 
That, Father God, you would minister to us through the power of your word and your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We've titled this sermon, Blind Faith. And, of course, one of the things that we uh, talk a great deal about is that faith isn't blind. But sometimes blind faith isn't quite as bad as we make it out to be. See, often it is our seeing that blinds us from the glories of Jesus. With our eyes, rather than behold the glory of the Lord, we cast our eye upon the temporal benefits of this earthly world. Oftentimes, rather than looking up to where we could be, we look around at where we are. We look down instead of up, and in so doing, we are content to make mud pies instead of eating at the buffet of God's gracious love. Fanny Crosby was born March the 24th, 1820. Fanny Crosby would later become one of the most famous hymn writers in the Christian tradition. But she fell ill within the first month and a half of her little life. And a quack doctor visited their home and recommended, prescribed actually, that hot mustard poultices be applied to her eyes. She screamed with pain, but the doctor said it was necessary to pull the illness out of her. Well, it turns out the man didn't know what he was doing, and in the process of trying to supposedly heal this little girl, he blinded her. And Fanny Crosby was blind for the remainder of her life. And yet, though she could not see in this world, her mind and spirit allowed her to write beautiful hymns that have helped to shape the church and helped us to behold the glory of God. In these past 150 years, blind though she was, Fanny Crosby helped us all with hymns like this one, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. Oh, sorry, I skipped one, didn't I? Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. If y'all will try to sing with me, I'll try to lead this last chorus. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Folks, you don't have to be able to see to experience the privilege of walking in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Fanny Crosby, blind in this life, had a story for all the world to hear, praising her Savior. Bartimaeus had a blind faith. Even as the voices around him tried to silence his cries, his trust in Jesus didn't falter. Where's your trust this morning? Where's your trust when you can't see the other side? Where's your trust when it seems as though the darkness is closing in? Are you willing to trust the Lord when you can't see anything else? Bartimaeus did, and it changed his life. How can you get there? First this morning, I want you to see that you got to get in the right place. you got to get in the right place. I love to fish. I mean, I I don't fish a lot right now, but I, I love to fish. I hope to get back to it someday. I guess my kids will actually have to graduate and leave home. I'm not sure how it's going to work. 
But I still have all my rods. I've got lots of fishing tackle. I've got different size weights. I've got uh, different size hooks. I've got crankbaits and spinnerbaits and spoons. And i got rubber worms running out my ears. You name it, I got it. This year for Christmas, as though I didn't have enough fishing tackle sitting around that I didn't have time to use, I got a fly rod too. I asked for it so I could learn to fly fish. That has been a unique experience for those of you who never tried. My tackle's well organized. My rods are decent. I, 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 can, I can throw a rubber worm on a Carolina rig about 150 yards. That might be an exaggeration. I mean, I can rig it with my favorite worm, and I can throw it way on out there. And I can drag it along the bottom, and I can bounce it, and I can let it wait. And, 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 and fishing a Carolina rig, for those of you, it's, it's a little different because you, you don't get to feel a whole lot. It's almost like sight fishing. You're sort of waiting to see what happens. And by the time you feel it, it's almost too late. Listen, I, I, I got fishing clothes. I got fishing hats. I can, I can, I can look like a fisherman. But you know, there's one thing that matters more than anything else. you got to be in the right place. I can throw in an empty pond all day long. I was fishing out here trying, uh, trying my luck with this fly rod out at, um, at Goodall uh, several months ago. I, I told Adam this story, and I didn't catch a thing, okay? But there I stood out there with my rod, and, and some people walked past me, and I was just terrified as they walked past that I was going to, uh, to get everything tangled up because I'm not real good at this, right? And it just so happened, man, I, I, I didn't. I mean, it, I looked like a stud. I hadn't caught a fish. I don't think there is a fish in Goodall. I don't think they have one. Um, and if one of y'all caught one, I'm convinced you took it with you. Um, but uh, I, I thought as they walked by, and I was fishing, they had their little dog, and they're walking, being happy. And it occurred to me, I had, had my hat on, and I looked down, I had my fishing shirt on. I said, man, you know what these people think? These people think that I got it going on. They think, I, they think that I am professional. Y'all, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I didn't know the right bait to use. I, there wasn't, I, I'm telling you, there's not any fish in that lake. But I looked like I was doing right. But folks, if you're going to fish, if you're going to catch a fish, you've got to be in the right place. I grew up fishing a little lake in Spartanburg County, and we'd get on that lake, and, and a lot of times we'd put in at the landing, and we would drive 10 minutes to the exact same place to begin our fishing because we knew that there was fish to be caught. Right under that bridge on one of those columns, we'd catch a fish, oh, I don't know, 50, 60% of the time. We knew there were fish there, and if that didn't work, we knew we'd come on around and fish the rocks about right beside it because we knew where the fish were. Every once in a while, if you're fishing, you'll be out in the lake, and you'll see a boat that's just stopped right there in the middle of the lake, and it looks like the dumbest thing in the world because they're just casting right out in the middle of the lake. But see, what they know is something you don't know. That same lake I grew up fishing on was flooded, of course. It, didn't all, it hadn't always been a lake. It's not a natural lake. It's, a, it's, it's owned by uh, the Spartanburg uh, Water Company, and they filled it up as a reservoir. But when they filled it up, they, they left old roadbeds underneath it. That same bridge where we like to fish, what I learned later in my life is that, oh, I don't know, 75, 100 yards beyond that bridge, there's an old roadbed right there. And I couldn't figure out when I was just a kid, some people just stopped right there in the middle of the lake and they'd fish because they knew what was under the water. They were in the right place. Folks, when we're trying to serve the Lord, we're trying to walk in faith. Folks, well, so we're trying to grow in our trust of the Lord. I, I want you to know that you've got to get in the right place. You've got to get in the right place. Now, we can't know for sure if Bartimaeus was strategically positioned along the road on purpose or if it's just his normal place. All right? It wouldn't be out of the way or abnormal for a blind man in that time to just be seated alongside of a busy road, just like we might see in, today. 
People that, that are in need are sometimes situated alongside of a busy road and they've, they've got their little can out and they're, they're begging for, for mercy, for alms to be given to them. So perhaps this is just Bartimaeus' normal place. Perhaps somebody had said that this is the way that, that Jesus was going to be coming and they, they positioned him right there. We don't know for sure. Now, now here's what's interesting. It appears as though Bartimaeus became well known within the church. Why, why do we believe that? Because Mark gives us a reference to this guy. And they came to Jericho as he was leaving with his disciples in a great crowd. And Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting there. Wouldn't it be incredible if, if you found out that this is just a story that Mark's writing and all the people in this local church said, Oh, that's how Bartimaeus got saved. We don't know for sure. But what we do know, regardless of whether or not it was on purpose, we know that Bartimaeus was there by divine appointment. Bartimaeus was sitting in Jesus' way. Folks, do you want to learn how to trust the Lord, how to walk in faith? You've got to get in the right place. You need to get in Jesus' way. I know I sound a bit like a broken record right here because I so often tell you what you need to do to serve the Lord Jesus. But if you want to get in the way of Jesus, the best place for you to hear from Jesus is in the Bible, in corporate worship, and in private prayer. If you want to hear from the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to urge you to go to God's Word. Listen to what he has to say to us in that word. Show up in corporate worship and hear what the Lord speaks to us through his word. Folks, do you regularly position yourself in such a way so that Jesus has to trip over you to get where he's going? I got out of bed one night and uh, I tripped over one of my kids. I don't remember. I don't know if Angel's in here. I don't even remember which kid it was. But one of our kids had woken up in the middle of the night and got afraid. And they didn't come and try to get into bed with us. They didn't come wake us up. But they were laying in the floor, and I get up, and, whoa, there's a kid right there. Folks, if you want to grow in faith, you need to put yourself in Jesus' way. You need to put yourself, position yourself in such a place that Jesus has to trip over you. Folks, what's that look like? It's right here. It looks like spending time in God's Word. I find a lot of people that are wanting to hear from the Lord Jesus Christ, but they haven't actually taken the time to jump into the Word of the Lord. They've not made it a consistent pattern in their life to show up in corporate worship and hear what God might have to say to them. They're not consistently praying and, and, and seeking the Lord. And they're waiting for the Lord to speak to them with some sort of lightning bolt. I just wish the Lord would tell me what to do. I wish the Lord would give me a direction. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Chances are He's not going to tell you the end, but He might give you the next step. But we're kind of crazy if we think we're just going to wander around. God, I just hope something works out. Folks, we got to get past hoping and start doing. Go to the Lord. Seek the Lord. Get in His way. You say, Craig, I don't know what that looks like. Continue to jump in the Word. Show up in a life group. Who knows what might happen? It might be that God uses that to speak to you through his word and through other people. So the first thing you got to do is get in the right place. The second thing you got to do is drown out the noise. And folks, I'm going to tell you, this is where we're going to spend just a few minutes. You know, sometimes you can't listen to the crowd. Bartimaeus was in the right place. He noticed that Jesus was up to something. When he saw Jesus at work, Bartimaeus thought, man, I want a piece of that. I want some of what he's got going on right now. I need that. All the crowd told him to hush. Now, we're going to have some fun with this because I want us to consider that the crowd that told Jesus to hush were who? They were the followers of Jesus. 
They were the followers of Jesus. Folks, how often have you been a part of that crowd that looked at a new believer and said, Hush! How often have you been a part of that crowd that looked at a new believer and said, Just just settle down. How often have you been a part of that crowd that said, We don't want to go there. Here Bartimaeus is. He's sitting by the way. Bartimaeus has absolutely nothing to lose. Folks, do you know that the best place for you to be in the center of God's will is in a place where you've got absolutely nothing to lose? Bartimaeus understood what we so often don't, that we come to Jesus as empty, blind beggars looking for mercy and hope. And he came to the Lord Jesus and he says, I need help. So there he sits, they came and as they were going by, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he heard it. Why didn't he see him? Because he's blind. Remember that? It's important. We want to keep that in mind. Jesus' disciples could see full well, and they still couldn't figure out who in the world Jesus was. It's an important juxtaposition that we get right here. That in just a few verses prior, that the disciples who could see, the disciples who should have known better, look at Jesus and say, Jesus, can't I just sit at your right hand and your left hand? And surely Jesus is shaking his head somewhere going, guys, how can you not get this? And here we have the blind beggar, the outcast, sitting on the side of the road. Not one of Jesus' three, uh, or one of Jesus' inner circle. This is a man who's probably never met Jesus. And there he sits on the roadside and Jesus' disciples come by. He's not a part of the following crowd. He's not the in crowd. He's not even the out crowd. He's way out past everybody else. He's not on the fringe. He's not trying to get in. He is a nobody from nowhere with nothing to offer. And there he stands or sits and he hears that it's Jesus. And watch what he does. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus! Son of David. Do you know this is the only time, it's the first time in the book of Mark that Jesus is described as the son of David. Jesus' disciples couldn't get it, but this man saw that this was the Messiah. He called him a messianic name. He didn't say Jesus healer. He didn't say Jesus do something. He said, son of David, Messiah. The Bible says that the crowd said, hush, he's important. You're just a lowly beggar. Well, what did Bartimaeus do? The more they hushed him, the louder he got. Jesus! Jesus, Son of David, have mercy! He didn't have time to listen to the crowd. He didn't have time. Why didn't he have time? Because he had a small window of opportunity. Folks, can I tell you that sometimes the opportunities to serve the Lord's in a small window of opportunity. Don't let it pass. This man had a small window. Jesus wasn't standing. Jesus was walking. And the crowd's going, he's important. Bartimaeus says, I ain't got time to listen to you. There's an urgent need right here. Jesus! And they keep trying to shut him up. Look, Bartimaeus did not just not have time to listen to the crowd. Bartimaeus didn't have time to argue with the crowd. Folks, when's the last time that somebody told you to hush or stop and you turned around and said, well, let me explain this to you. Bartimaeus ain't got time for that. Bartimaeus needs to talk to Jesus. Folks, if we talk more to Jesus and less to everybody else around us, the world might get changed. When we can't figure something out, when things don't go our way, this wasn't going his way. He had a rough life. But rather than whining everybody else about the fact that Jesus was passing him by, he's not going to deal with them. They're going, hey, you don't, you don't need to bother him. Rather than get into an argument with these people going, let me tell you who Jesus is actually here for. Jesus came for the lowly. Don't you listen? I'm one of them. He didn't preach to the crowd. What did he do? He cast himself at the mercy of the Savior. 
Jesus, have mercy. Oh, hush, Bartimaeus. Folks, do you ever get distracted by the noise, distracted by the crowd? Bartimaeus wasn't worried by the crowd. He just needed Jesus. But he didn't just need Jesus. He understood who he was. Remember? Hey, son of David. Now, it's possible that some of the people in the crowd were really bothered by this. Because for some of them, Bartimaeus was going a little bit too far. It's okay. It's okay to like Jesus. It's okay to celebrate Jesus. But, but Bartimaeus, let's be careful that we don't go so far as to call him the, the, the Messiah. Bartimaeus, you're blind. You can't see anything. You don't even know. Bartimaeus, look, this guy, this guy is surrounded by a bunch of peasants and fishermen. Bartimaeus, son of David, David's the king. This is just a teacher. Bartimaeus says, I ain't got time for this. Son of David, have mercy. The blind man saw very clearly who Jesus was and was unwilling to be silenced by the crowd. Folks, are we willing to stop playing around with who Jesus might be and invest heavily in who he is and what he came to do for you and me? Are we willing to stop being on the fringes and sort of handling Jesus with kid gloves and jump all the way in? Jesus! Are we willing to be undignified in our worship of the Lord? I'm curious, are we willing to actually allow our pride to be sacrificed at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ? See, as the crowd tried to hush him, he cried out all the more. Are you willing to cry out to Jesus even when you can't see him? Are you willing to cry out to Jesus even when it seems absurd? Are you willing to cry out to Jesus even if yours is the only voice? Are you willing to cry out to Jesus even if others tell you to hush? Folks, this is Jesus getting very close to Jerusalem. Jericho is sort of the last stop along the way. Here, they're going to stop. This is sort of the, the, the last major city. And from here, it's like a, a thousand meter climb or, or, uh, into the city of Jerusalem. We're going straight up from here. And they're heading. Jesus is going to die. That's where he's going. He's told his disciples they're too thick headed to get it. Bartimaeus is sitting there on the side. The people are filled with great expectation. Folks, we, we sometimes miss this. This is the greatest party of the year for the Jewish people. It's not just a religious festival. It is a festival like no other that they would know. They're going to go up. They're going to feast. They're going to take a week off work. These are people, many of whom have traveled for many, many miles just to get there. They've walked. They've tried it, and along the way, the enthusiasm, the excitement for Jesus continues to build. You'll remember that he's headed toward Jerusalem where he will have his triumphal entry. Folks, we've got to understand that before he gets there, the excitement's just building a little bit day by day. The crowd goes a little bit larger as they would pass through each city, a few more people jump along. Pass through the next city, a few more people jump along. Pass through the next city, and the next thing you know, they started with a small crowd, but this crowd just continues to swell. And this big crowd comes through Jericho, and there the man is screaming for help. And the people say, we don't have time for Jesus to deal with you. we got to get to Jerusalem where all the good stuff, the real stuff's going to happen. Folks, how tempting is is it for us to miss out on the opportunity to care for others in our effort to do, quote unquote, real ministry? There's an old joke that pastors will sometimes tell that, you know, ministry would be easy if it wasn't for the people. Y'all are supposed to laugh at that. 
I'd appreciate it if you would. I've never told that joke, just for the record, except about some of you. But, um, you know, this is, this is the disciples marching toward Jerusalem, hoping for Jesus to be what? The next great king to overthrow the Roman government. We don't have time to do this kind of work. We've got important work ahead of us. This is kind of sandwiched between, if you'll imagine, this is sort of the, 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 other, the, other, piece, the, other, the other piece of bread in a sandwich between Jesus saying, let the children come to me and blind Bartimaeus. And there in the middle, so those two that the crowd said, Jesus doesn't have time for. Those two that the crowds would say, don't, don't really deserve his attention. They're the ones who get attention. And sandwiched there in the middle is a rich man who's told, sorry, this is too much for you. You've got to change some things before you can get along. And a group of disciples that just can't figure it out. Do you understand that in Jesus' weird upside-down kingdom, children are welcomed into his kingdom. The blind beggar is welcomed into his kingdom. And the prideful rich man is told, whoa, you better pump the brakes, buddy, because you don't have what it takes. Bartimaeus had only one hope, only just this one chance, and he wasn't going to let it pass. Folks, listen to me. You may have only just this one chance. You may have only just this one chance. Just this one opportunity for Jesus to pass close enough. For you to cry out, Lord, have mercy. Lord, look my way. Jesus. Oh, pastor, but so many people will be looking. Can you imagine the eyes that must have fallen upon Bartimaeus? And one of the blessings for Bartimaeus in this time is that he was blind. Do you recognize that his blindness was really a blessing? Because as the people cast their judgmental glances upon him, he couldn't see it. He could hear their jeers, but he couldn't see their faces. And so Bartimaeus just sought to drown out their voices with one even louder. They're going, you hush! And he's going, Jesus! Folks, are you willing to be undignified in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you willing to be shown as needy and beggarly so that you may find salvation and healing in the Lord Jesus Christ? Folks, you can't hold on to your pride and salvation at the same time. You lay down and die, and Jesus picks you up and gives you life. Would you come today? Drown out the noise so that you might focus upon the Savior, and then finally this morning, follow Jesus all the way. Folks, Jesus healed Bartimaeus without exception. Listen, the most powerful, magical, wonderful words in Bartimaeus' life must have been these. Jesus stopped... Now remember, Bartimaeus is blind. He doesn't know that Jesus has stopped. He doesn't know what Jesus looks like. He's been screaming, and he hears somebody say, call him. And they called the blind man saying, get up. Isn't this a crazy turn of events? Hush! Hush, leave him alone, Jesus said. Y'all call him. Oh, I got this, Jesus, no big deal. Y'all seen people like this in your life, haven't you? Right? Right? Unfortunately, some of Jesus' disciples were sort of sycophant like this. Just sort of kowtowing. Just sort of looking for the right thing. And they're sticking their finger out in the wind trying to, 
trying to figure out which way the breeze is blowing. Oh, Jesus says it's a good idea. Oh, come on. Yeah, buddy. It's good to have you. Welcome to the club. But it's actually bigger than that. See, my English translation, the ESV, it says, take heart. Get up. Turn over to the book of John, chapter 16. Now this is on the night before Jesus would die. It's, it's right before the high priestly prayer of Jesus in John 17. In John 16, uh, beginning of verse 31, Jesus answered them, Now do you believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you'll be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave, and, and, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is the same Greek verb. Folks, this is a big deal. This isn't like, cheer up, chum. Or whatever you might say. I've never said cheer up, chum. I'm not sure where that came from. Maybe we'll say it from now on. We're going to adopt that in the Thompson house. Or not. This isn't like, all right, pal, come on. This is, a, this is take heart. Be of good cheer. Rejoice. They run over and they grab the man up. Take heart. He's calling you. Oh, man, the Bible gives us these word pictures. The Bible says that throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Now, this sort of fits with Mark. We're going to remember Mark's all about immediate. Boom, everything's got to happen right now. The Bible says that when Jesus spoke to Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus was done sitting around being lowly. Bartimaeus was done being a beggar. Bartimaeus was done being an outcast because when Jesus called his name, the Bible says Bartimaeus stood up and he came to Jesus. He sprang up. He threw off his cloak. I'm coming. You want to talk blind faith? Remember, the man still can't see, but he's running to Jesus. I wonder. We don't know. We don't know. But I wonder if Jesus is giving him signals the whole way. Knowing what I know of Jesus from God's word, the Bible says that he, he always is near to those who would call upon him. All who call on the name of the Lord to be saved. We understand that Jesus is gentle and caring. I can't help but believe that Jesus is walking towards him. As this man jumps up and, and, and he throws his cloak off, uh, I can't help but believe that Jesus is walking toward him. Come here, come here, what's your name? Oh, this is Bartimaeus. He's the beggar that's always here. Bartimaeus, come. Come, and the Bible says that Jesus got to him. And I can't help but just love that Jesus is so good to us to give us these words. He says, what do you want? Like Jesus doesn't know. Right? He's blind. What do you want me to do for you? Folks, what do you want Jesus to do for you today? What do you want Jesus to do for you? Now, you need to be careful what you ask for. You'll recall that the disciples just a few minutes ago, just, just a few verses prior, maybe on the same day, maybe just a little while before they encountered Bartimaeus, the disciples said, Lord, we got a request. James and John said, we want you to let us sit beside you on your right and your left when you come into your kingdom. These people are marching into Jerusalem, and as they head that way for Jesus to become the king, you can't help but wonder if maybe in the back of their mind, when, they, when Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Maybe some of those disciples are going, well, is he going to let him sit at the right hand? Because he told me I couldn't. 
See, Jesus' followers had gotten all confused. They'd gotten all mixed up. So he says, what do you want? And he doesn't ask for the world. He asks for a very simple thing. He said, Lord, I want to be able to see. Give me my sight. The Bible says that in that moment, Jesus healed him. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight. And watch what he did. And followed him on the way. Folks, what did Jesus ask of Bartimaeus before he healed him? Not a thing. Grace is free. You've not done anything to earn it. You can't do anything to receive it. You'll never deserve it. But God offers his salvation through his son Jesus Christ to all who would come. Do you see that? Right here. He did nothing. Bartimaeus has nothing to offer. And yet Jesus says, come to me. Call him. Folks, do you see Jesus today? Can you hear him calling your name? Would you come? The Bible says that Jesus healed him. What do you want? I want to be able to see. The Bible says Jesus healed him. And then the Bible says that Bartimaeus got up and he followed Jesus on the way. Folks, this is what a true disciple of Jesus does. This is who a true disciple of Jesus is. A disciple of Jesus follows him. Period. What is a Christian? What is a follower of Jesus? Is a person who follows the Lord Jesus Christ. Bartimaeus is going to follow him all the way up to his death. The storyline of Mark leads us to understand that Bartimaeus left his old life and followed Jesus. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found was blind. But now I see. Folks, have you followed Jesus? I didn't ask you if he's healed you. Have you followed him? You see, that's what a disciple does. A disciple is not merely one who has been healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. A disciple is one who's been healed by the Lord Jesus Christ and follows him. Bartimaeus may very well have been healed by Jesus and turned and lived his own life. But instead, Bartimaeus laid it all down. He cast it all behind him and he followed the Lord. On his way, Bartimaeus got in Jesus' way and he didn't miss his opportunity. When Jesus got near, Bartimaeus wouldn't be silenced. Jesus, have mercy, have mercy. He's near today. Oh, he's near today. Will you come to Jesus? Will you fall down at his feet? Are you willing to cry out? He will answer you. He will save you. Will you come and leave it all? And will you follow Jesus? Folks, you may be blind to the future. But you can be confident that he sees beyond your sight. We don't always know who holds the future, but we know what the old cliche says. We, or we don't always know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will walk with you. He is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. You say, but pastor, I don't know what it means. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Bartimaeus had no idea what it meant. He just knew that Jesus had given him sight. Like another young man born blind that the gospels teach us about. And Jesus healed him. And, and the religious leaders, they look at him and they say, Is this man the Son of God? He says, I don't know who he is or, what he, or anything else. I know this, I was blind, but now I see. Folks, are you the blind man today? You don't have to be forever. Jesus stands ready to receive you. He loves you. Loved you enough to send his own son to die for you. 
Folks, spiritual blindness can be cured. Cast your eyes upon Jesus. We began this morning with Fanny Crosby, and we're going to end with Fanny Crosby one more time. Because it wasn't just that one hymn that Fanny Crosby wrote. She wrote lots of hymns, and one that reminds me of Bartimaeus after Jesus. Bartimaeus after Jesus has healed him. Fanny Mae Crosby wrote, All the way my Savior leads me. All the way my Savior leads me. Who have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort. Here by faith in Him to dwell. For I know whate'er befall me. Jesus doeth all things well. For I know whate'er befall me. Jesus doeth all things well. Jesus does all things well. And today He is near for all who will call upon His name. Would you ignore the crowd this morning? Would you not worry about what somebody beside you might think or might say? Would you not worry about what somebody at home might think or might say? Would you not worry about what may happen tomorrow or next year? Would you come to Jesus this morning and say, Jesus, this one thing I need, save my soul. Jesus, this one thing I need. There may be a Christian here today who has been unwilling to go to the Lord and say, this one thing I need. Jesus is passing by today. Perhaps you'd be willing to call out. And perhaps you'd be willing to hear him say to you, what do you need me to do? You could lay your burden before the Lord. Can I tell you that he will not turn you away? If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're here today and perhaps opportunities to give your life to Jesus have passed by you many times, and many times... You've been silenced by the crowd or silenced even by the doubt in your own heart. Would today be the day that you say, Lord God, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord, I made a mess of my life. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Lord, give me spiritual eyes to see and a heart of faith to believe and feet to follow you wherever you would go. As our musicians come and lead us this morning, Would you sing out to the Lord Jesus Christ how great He is and how worthy of our praise and how willing He is to forgive you today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray that you would work this morning as we sing. Father God, I pray that you'd work in our hearts and lives. And Father, I pray that our praises would be worthy to you. Lord God, you're the God who gives sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf and sound to the mute. Lord God, you bring the dead to life. Father, you're worthy of our praise and honor. You are great and mighty and awesome. We praise you today in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning as we sing? Oh, Lord, my.